welcome to Small Talk, where each week we sit down to discuss the sermon-based small group questions at Wallula Christian Church. Welcome to the Small Talk podcast. Um, I'm Clayton, here with Lance and Craig, and so we just started this sermon series here at Wallula Christian Church, Prepare for Impact, where we're going through the book of Revelation. And so we just wanted to go through some of the small group questions and dig into uh, what Lance said this this Sunday and talk a little bit more about Revelation. So um, just a few minutes, we're going to get into some of these small group questions. But first, do you guys have uh, some good stories about some predictions you've made or, or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, you had yeah. a prediction. You said you oh, I think you have the best story. <laughs> the best story? Go ahead. Okay. What's your so, prediction? Well, at CIY one summer, we right. were playing, uh, you know, there's a sand volleyball tournament. And so we had a team with some boys from our youth group, and we won. And so when you win the CIY volleyball tournament, you get interviewed on the screen. Very prestigious. Yeah. You, right. you, get, a, you get a sick pair of shades that are in my room somewhere, okay. and then you get interviewed uh, mm-hmm. On the screen before the session or right, whatever that right. evening, and you're probably so, on the stage, and then you're projected on the screen. No, 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 no. You're so not we're hovering on the screen. No, we're hovering on the screen. <laughs> All right, because we're we're sitting outside and they're recording us. Oh, okay. Into the into the oh, room. Oh, okay. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they are asking us goofy questions or whatever mm-hmm. about volleyball and. We're like, yeah, worked really hard, trained at this whole lot, whatever, you know. Right. All the things. And uh, so anyways, but they get to the end and they're just like, is there anything else that anybody anybody wants to say? And uh, so I said, Patrick Mahomes will win the MVP this season. This is before the first year that he played, that season when he won the MVP award. And so I just was like being right. goofy. said, Patrick Mahomes will win the MVP <laughs> award with no idea of whether right. this guy would be good at football or not. And then he did win the MVP, so that was pretty cool. And all of all of Tennessee CIY that week knew all about it. So all of Tennessee CIY two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever all that of those was. High yeah. schoolers. Yeah. They knew. They knew <laughs> that I said that. They heard your prediction. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, good. I, I don't make many predictions. Yeah. Sometimes people ask me things like uh, sometimes, you know, people will ask me, is, uh, is Clayton, Clayton dating anyone? And on yeah. occasion, you have been. Right. And so on those occasions, I'll say, well, yeah, yeah there's this young lady he's sweet on. Yeah, because I like that. I say yeah. sweet on. A yeah, lot. is that what yeah. you say? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I say that a lot. And uh, and they'll say, "Oh, really?" And they might say, "Do you think this is the one?" And uh, I, every time I say, "No," that's <laughs> no fair prediction. And I've been right so yeah. far. Was, yeah, I've been right so far. That was like yeah. staff meeting talk for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of there's, there's a lot of Clayton and Lacey dating talk. <laughs> Elliot. Oh, we get some of that. It's exciting. Not LC yet. No. no it's no, too no. early. Yes. But it's coming for you, bro. <laughs> we got some years ahead of us. <laughs> All right. We're not worrying about that yet. All right. <laughs> so, no, that's my. I don't make many predictions. <clears throat> Craig, you ever make a prediction? Yeah, I guess I'm not one to make predictions, really. I don't know. I was trying to think of something while you guys were talking, but honestly, right. maybe I just stay away from it so then I don't have to ever say I'm wrong. There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, like that's that. my strategy. Yeah. 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 All right. Do you have a prediction for when you will allow Elsie to date? Oh, gosh. Mm. You haven't thought about it. I haven't thought Still about it. On. Maybe after this conversation, I'll begin to... Yeah, contemplate that. We'll bring that up. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't... No pressure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so, but we started this, this sermon series on Revelation on Sunday. Um, we did great segue. Yeah. Good Thanks. Job. Yeah, Thanks. it was awesome. Right. Well, John <laughs> jump right in. Makes yeah. some some predictions in here. <laughs> he does. There you go. So, <laughs> about what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. God tells him what's gonna happen. And, right. Um. So, but uh, in the the first couple of verses here, we get these timing statements about mm. when these things are going to happen or right whatever you know and so. Uh, how how do we kind of make sense of these? You know, it's two thousand years later, and he's talking about the time being near and mm-hmm. things soon taking place. Um, and that was two thousand years ago. So what do we what do we make of that? Right. Yeah, it's hard yeah. because it's two thousand years later. It's true. Yeah. What do you think, Craig? Um, yeah. So I I got curious about those and. Uh, Consulted some commentaries and looked at um, the uh, the Greek words that are used right there, especially the one um, at the end of verse three, where he says, "Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are the ones who hear and who keep what is written." And then he ends it with, "For the time is near." Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's easy to read that and we get into the conversations of what that exactly means by near. Um, but something that I read that I found really interesting was um, there's different Greek words that can be used to talk about time. And so in this verse, John didn't use chronos, which would talk about days or weeks or hours or whatever. He's not talking about a literal passing of time, but it's kairos, which is um, more so about uh, reacting to the message. So I think that's really interesting because he puts it at the end of um, this statement, blessed are the ones who who hear it, who read it, and who keep what is written. So then putting that in there, it's uh, it's an opportunity to really respond to the message that he's going to give us in Revelation. Um, I think it's put in the beginning of Revelation for a purpose. Um, and it's, it's funny because I, when I was in college, one of the guys that mentored me, the the campus ministry was all about they talked about kairos moments in life mm, and right. i didn't really think much of that word but we talked about uh he would talk about in the moment where you repent you you make a change and then it's that progression of sanctification and so when i read that i was like oh this light bulb moment of like that's it's an opportunity for people to to read this message of revelation to repent and turn to jesus and keep continuing to strive after him right so yeah yeah i think uh that's that's interesting jesus talked about uh, there there's lots of parallels between the book of revelation uh, john's vision and and how he talks about that in revelation and 
Jesus' teaching on similar topics in Matthew chapter 24. And it's at towards the end of chapter 24 when uh, Jesus describes, uh, you know, with the same kind of terminology that these things are, are near. And he said it's like the time of Noah. And, and so you get that, that look back at Noah building the ark and the flood is on its way, but the flood doesn't happen right away because mm-hmm. there's got to be this time when uh, Noah builds an ark. And so at least some people say that, I think it's Genesis 6-3, I'm not sure, but where it talks about man's time will be 120 years. And so some people say, well, that's, you know, then then God said people aren't going to live as long as they had been, except Noah lives for like that's a while. 600 years yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, a long time. And, uh, and so, and there are people after Noah that live for mm-hmm. much longer than they even do even today. And so, you know, 120 years, maybe that's the length of a person's lifetime. But there's lots of people who say, okay, well, this is approximately how long it took to build the ark, you know, that there's 120 years between, um, you know, when, when God said, okay, you're, I'm going to, we're done. You know, people aren't, we're not, I'm not putting up with it anymore. Mm-hmm. There's going to be this end. And then there's this fairly lengthy period of time. Until this happens, and so, um, you know, the the a couple things to keep in mind is that you know Jesus describes it as I, this fairly lengthy period of time, right? This this uh, where people are looking at Noah and saying, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine the reaction yeah. of, of uh, somebody building a a ship on dry ground? You know, saying it's coming. You know the mm-hmm. you know, the port is going to be right here, <laughs> yeah. and uh, how people had to react to that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that uh, you might get similar kinds of reactions. You know, when we talk about Jesus coming again, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just uh, just the way we frame that and think about it, sometimes it's like, well, that's. Sure, there's a flood coming, Noah. You know, sure that's right. going to happen, and and so I I think a little bit of that that there can be uh, even Jesus' language is kind of putting it at a at a far off kind of place, and where you know of course Peter talks about scoffers in the end days, and and that same kind of attitude towards mm-hmm. that, yeah. So um, kind of interesting thing about it in those terms and i guess the last thing i would say about it the, today we're going to talk more about this all through you know our study of revelation and even next sunday you know we'll talk about uh jesus second coming again and mm-hmm. and the timing statement there and one of the letters to the churches and so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it but i guess the last thing i would say today about this is that uh you know the last days is talked about in the gospels and in the new testament an awful lot and and it's always, it's always um, a reference to uh, the time between Jesus' first coming and his his second coming. And so Jesus ushers in the last days with his mm-hmm. his arrival here. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, 
verse 1, starting with verse 1 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people people uh paul says and and uh and i guess i my main point here would be consider that and how paul uh, addresses and, and talks about the last days and I, he was talking about uh people in the first century but is that description any different than people right. in the 21st century yeah. right mm-hmm. we are living in the last days for sure and those last days were ushered in with the coming of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so a, a good biblical definition, this isn't my definition. Um, I learned it from uh, a professor, uh, Shane Woods at, at Ozark, just reading his stuff. He mm-hmm. said a biblical definition of the last days is the, the time between Jesus' first mm-hmm. advent and the second advent, the first coming and the second coming. So, yeah. yeah, that's really good. And that fits into both of those timing statements really well. Um, I read about the first one. It's like, when he says these things are going to take place soon, it's really, it's like a promise, right. almost. Right. We want to read Revelation like it's a chronology. Right. Right? Like you said, uh, you know, uh, that uh, it's going to lay out this plan mm-hmm. for the last days, for the yeah. end times. The only problem with that is, is that the end of the world comes in Revelation like eight different times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just over and over and over again, you get these... Mm-hmm horrendous events, these horrendous visions of just the end. It's got to be the end. You know, this mm-hmm. has to be the end of the world. And over and over and over. And so it's not, you, you can't map out in the book of Revelation. Right. You know, people try to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's part of that historic view we talked about on Sunday. They want to see how it applies to the first century, but then that historian applies everything else typically leading up to the their lifetime yeah you know that's Mm -hmm. when it ends right right? yeah (laughs) and so they they just they map it all out and they put times and dates with the events in revelation and and you the only trouble with that is you get to the end multiple times right and so how do you figure Mm -hmm. which end is really the end yeah Yeah. so it's definitely not a chronology Mm -hmm. yeah If we if we keep reading a little bit, we get into um, verse nine, and John's talking about you know that he's on this island. It's called Patmos, um, and so we know that John was on Patmos at some point. And uh, so, why is why is John here, and what's he doing, and you know what does this kind of teach us about um, you know? The revelation. Well, it teaches us first that it's a time of persecution for those churches and and believers that John was writing to, because John is being persecuted here, right? He's he's exiled to this island, locked away, sent away, you know, leave us alone, sort of thing. So, you know, that that's why he's there. He's there for preaching Jesus crucified and risen from the grave so mm-hmm. yeah and i think when we just like any other you know the apostles and they all got 
some sort of um, persecution or uh, martyred for spreading the gospel. Right. And so, whenever I read something like this, where John is exiled to an island, and I don't know what circumstances exactly that would be, but you know, we see Paul get put in jail all the time, and and his followers and everything. But whenever I read things like that, and then think about our modern day circumstances. It's really encouraging to me, but at the same time, um, it's also hard for me because we see John in the middle of being persecuted, for one thing, sharing the gospel, and then um, we just think about how easy it is for us to think about our circumstances and trials that we go through, and then we can get really down on ourselves or whatever life throws at us. And what I love about the picture of what John is doing, he's exiled to this island, begins to have this vision, and then in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So he's continuing to worship in the middle of this persecution. And so I want to always be able to take those examples and apply them, um, because yeah, who knows what he was going through. But he he made the, the decision to remain faithful, to continue to worship, to not let his, his circumstances get in the way and think, like, where's God and all this? What has he done to me? Mm-hmm. Turn his back. He just continues to, to push forward and strive after Jesus. Right. Um, and so that's always a huge encouragement to me. Um, and I love that that's placed in there at the beginning of yeah. the letter, too. It is an awesome picture of somebody who has just been faithful to Jesus. And, and uh, you know, John's not a young man mm-hmm. at this point. You know, uh, and so he has to figure, um, this is about it, yeah. right? I mean, this is about it for me. And and he continues to, to worship him and turn to Jesus. And there, I, I know there's been people in my life, I'm sure there's been people in your guys' life that you've seen kind of at the end when you think, oh, you know, how come, you know, how do they keep going with all that mm-hmm. pain or hurt or disease or loss of relationships and you know just their family and their friends have passed away already they've lost all these things and they continue to focus and search out and to worship jesus and this is just another example of that and john's doing that here and uh so a a real example of uh, really what the point of revelation is that jesus is the message Mm -hmm. and that he's worth worshiping and uh he's worth following and no matter the circumstances Mm -hmm. surrounding you no matter where you find yourself or what you find yourself dealing with uh jesus is the solution ultimately Mm -hmm. and uh he he uh is worth turning towards so good lessons just from yeah john Mm-hmm. Worshiping on the island. John is on this island. He's worshiping, and he he gets this vision um, in the next few verses of of Jesus. And in verse seventeen, you know, it says, "When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not! I am the first and the last.'" Um, and so, why do we think that John? reacts this way and just falls flat on his face here in verse 17. I think we, anytime we see an angel or a vision show up, it's a similar reaction. Um, and I I looked at the uh, 
because um, I thought of Daniel. That was my first thing. I thought of Daniel. Sure. Because that's part of our reading plan. So we, we went through that. And then in our summer reading plan, we're reading Ezekiel and Isaiah, and they also have similar um, instances. So I wanted to read those real quick. So Isaiah 6-5 isn't as much as, as the, the the representation or like the physical act of falling down. But in uh, Isaiah 6-5, when he sees the the vision, the glory of the Lord, um, he says, "Woe is me, for I am lost." And that's kind of his—it's a spiritual reaction. He's 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 humbled, and he says, "Woe is me." It's like I can't stand before what I'm seeing right now. And then um, Ezekiel one twenty eight uh, says, "Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, and when I saw it, I fell on my face and heard the voice of one speaking." So same kind of pattern. And then Daniel is more uh, similar to what we see in John's uh, instance here. So in Daniel 10, verse 7, uh, going to verse 10, it says, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sounds of his words, and I heard the sound of his words fall, and I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face on the ground, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Um, and that one's really interesting to me because when John sees the vision, he falls uh, as if he were dead, and then, as the same in Daniel, so the right hand touches him right. and begins to comfort him and let him know that it's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then what's interesting too is in verse 16, when he's describing Jesus, we get this kind of picture, some imagery, but it says in his right hand, he held the seven stars. Um, so we see that the power of, and the glory of Jesus, but then with that same right hand is the one that comforted John right. when he falls forward and yeah. is humbled and, feels like he can't stand before this vision that he's having. So it seems like the right response. It's kind of like the pattern throughout the Bible is to fall forward. and Right. It's it's almost like an act of worship kind of thing. Right. It's almost the only appropriate response, right? There's that that old song now I can only imagine, Mm -hmm. right, where he talks about the songwriter talks about, you know, when I I see Jesus, how am I going to react? Am I going to fall on my knees and I going to give him a big hug what's that going to look like and I, and I think from the accounts in scripture that you know you related and just the just the picture of Jesus this is how we mess up Jesus sometimes <laughs> we, the supreme court has came down with these decisions and so we're living in a world in a country where we're talking about the separation of church and state a lot so a guy like thomas jefferson gets quoted you know all the time i read a tweet the other day about uh, something thomas jefferson said and and basically uh jefferson was just ending up with look look jesus said some nice things but he's you know the Bible, not really more than a collection of nice sayings that we ought to be kind to one another. And that's the gist of the, of the quote. And that's, we, we just completely miss Jesus with that, right? We, mm-hmm. we live in a world that wants to say, okay, well, yeah, Jesus said, you know, some good things. Uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. And, and uh, we ought to love one another for sure. And, and maybe there's some moral things that Jesus taught that we ought to follow, 
but we miss the fact that Jesus is God. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the description. That's why John falls down. Uh, the verses 12 through 16, that the whole, uh, you know, in the midst of the golden lampstands, the white hair, the face on fire, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the bronze boots, right? right, refined in fire, all of those things describe the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And when, you're, when you come face to face with the glory of God, you know, you hide, yeah. right? You, that's, a, that's a fearful thing. And uh, and so it's almost the only appropriate response. And I love what you said about, you know, the same right hand. And the right hand, when you read that in Scripture and in Revelation, that's most of the time, if not all the time, talking about power and authority mm-hmm. and rule. And so the you know the spear is going to be in the right hand. All those things, and in uh, that same right hand. You know, says it's going to be all right, John. Yeah. You know, comforts him. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter one this Sunday. Um, do you have any like concluding thoughts that you just to wrap it up? To wrap it up. To sum it up. <laughs> yeah. We just want to summarize chapter one in fifteen seconds you... or less. Less. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a good question. Yeah, I think the. The message of Revelation is Jesus, and we start to unpack that in Revelation 1. Uh, This coming Sunday, we're going to read those seven letters to seven churches, and I think there's an awful lot to learn um, about the the circumstances that we find ourselves in, that those seven churches found themselves in, and just the reality of searching and holding on to and living out the message of Jesus in a particular time and place is a challenging thing, uh, but it's, I mean, how can you, how can you not, how can you ignore it mm-hmm. when uh, this Jesus is standing before you? The voice that was speaking to me, uh, I, I saw seven golden lampstands in the midst of the lampstands, one like son of man clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs on his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like uh, a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. That's a vision, that's a person, that's a God that you ought to pay attention to. And so Mm -hmm. the message of Revelation is Jesus, the message of Revelation chapter 1 is for sure, you know, look, John, you're the messenger, but Jesus is the message. John, you're a worshiper, and we ought to learn from that. But Jesus is the worshipped, and and so that that to me is the the message of mm-hmm. Revelation one, Jesus, and that's really the message of Revelation, yeah. uh, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, this Sunday at Walula, nine and ten thirty, right. we're gonna you know keep going in our study of Revelation. And then we'll be back next week uh, with a podcast talking about Sunday's message. So we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks. All right. Yeah.